This is the Storied Outdoors, a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, finding clarity in the stories we tell and the adventures that shape us. This essay is entitled, A Free Boat and a Magical Experience, written by Brad Hill, and read for you by Brad Hill. Whenever I find myself growing grim, I quietly take to the ship. Almost all men in their degree, sometime or other, cherish very neatly the same feelings toward the ocean with me. Herman Melville Many people have vivid memories of their childhood. I can honestly say I don't, not because I had a traumatic upbringing at all or because there were not great memories of my childhood. Growing up in Monroeville, Alabama, I had parents that loved me, provided wonderful home to grow up in, and had many opportunities for almost anything I was interested in as a kid. But for instance, I don't have an extremely vivid memory of when I received my first bike. Where I can describe every detail or, or even the day. However, I can tell you of a thousand memories of time spent on a bicycle. And a sense of freedom that a bike offers to a kid every time I swing my leg over the top tube to go for a ride. Suddenly, you can explore further and faster than you could on foot. Avenues of adventure and the list of places you can discover are instantly multiplied beyond anything you had been able to do previously. Now, the only question is where to go and what to do. Even now, when I steer my bike down a steep hill and pick up speed, a childlike joy wells up in me. A smile breaks across my bearded face and that feeling of freedom and adventure is rekindled. As I pick up speed, like a swift breeze through a fall forest, the wind hits me in my face and the pavement becomes like a blur and those once dotted lines are now a continuous strip of paint presenting a guide for me to not cross over into potential collision or even certain death. Reaching the bottom, perhaps the road turns and there's a sharp bend concealing what's up ahead. And the mystery is intriguing. It's one of my favorite ways to explore a new area. It's fast enough that you can cover lots of ground, yet slow enough to feel connected to the land. Smell the smells, hear all of the sounds, see all of the sights. These feelings keep coming back to me. They come back to me when I ride my bike and they make me feel young again. I know it's explained with physics and I understand that, but it feels more like magic than science when you ride a bike. One summer not too long ago, Brian and I were invited by our friends from East Alabama fly fishing to float the Tallapoosa River. The weather was nice that Saturday with only a tiny chance of rain and, and otherwise it was a beautiful sunshine filled day. 
The night before, I adventurously camped by the river on some private land alone. I honestly can't remember the last time I camped alone in the woods. It was a nasty, hot night in June in Alabama. And frankly, I don't know what I was thinking, attempting to tent camp in the humid, rich air. Alas, there I was. The camp was all set up and it began to grow dark. I enjoyed a steak over the open flame and a peaceful evening with the river flowing off in the distance. I heard lots of noises and only investigated a couple. The one time I investigated, I discovered a pair of copperhead snakes in, let us say, a heated and steamy encounter. They were none too happy when I broke up this engagement with some aggressive encouragement for them to carry on this act of propagation elsewhere. Much later, and I mean much later, in the morning's wee hours, the haunting cry of a coyote multiplied into what sounded like a downright coyote silent rave. Picture tons of coyotes with headphones on, all listening to the same driving beat, all barking and howling with all they can muster, and that's what it sounded like just outside my tent. I decided it was time to pack up camp and head over to where I would meet Brian and our guide, Craig Godwin. Although I doubt the coyotes would have messed with me, I certainly wasn't going back to sleep after that encounter. Brian and Craig arrived and we loaded up with Craig to head to where we were to launch our boat. We put in the green raft outfitted with seats and a frame and a small outboard engine and oars. The outboard was necessary for several long, flat, slow-flowing sections of the river. That way he could motor through it a little bit faster. But once we reached some faster water, Craig pulled the motor up and switched over to the oars. The hardy drift boat placed Brian and me in the bow and the stern with our gracious and masterful guide on the oars in the middle navigating the river and gracefully drifting us into position for us to catch fish. The water was ice cold and refreshing when we stepped out of the raft to wet wade and fished the shoals for the legendary red-eye bass in the Alabama bass. Our guide, Craig, tied on some big poppers, and with sheer excitement, we started to fish. I couldn't believe it. I watched a bass break the surface like a laser-guided missile shot from a silo on the river's bottom, targeted, locked on my popper on the end of my line. A ferocious eat and a fish on. It was utter bliss. Once we had fished it enough, he would pull up the anchor and the river would take over gently and graciously moving us to our next spot. We were at the river's mercy, going at its pace. Though the oars controlled our direction, we ultimately went where the drift would take us. It brought new meaning to just going with the flow. The surrounding landscape was vast and unknown to Brian and me. The Tallapoosa River flowing south into the northern part of Lake Martin in Alabama wound to and fro with mystery around each bend. Its pace on this ordinary day was gentle and gave us the grace to take in the views of all the farms around us. Kingfishers and lilies grew in the magnificent watershed. Drifting on the iconic raft down the rocky river gave me a similar excitement and intrigue than I find when I ride a bike. 
The peacefulness and elegance of the river makes you feel like you're part of it. Not trying to tame it or dam it, but float along with the mighty river. For it goes at its own pace and it doesn't pay any mind to me. But I am attuned to the river. It is both beautiful and terrible, gracious and unforgiving. The drift boat brilliantly rides on the strength of the current, opening the door of opportunity to encounter the aggressive and unique Alabama bass, red-eye bass, and obviously copious amounts of hybrids. Much like the bike, I know there's a science to buoyancy, but it feels less like science and more like magic when you step into the boat and feel it accept you into the water, floating. Cooking outside is so much fun to me. I suppose there's, there's something that feels natural about it. Perhaps it's primal. The day before Christmas Eve in 2022, I sat with my wife to dine on fire-grilled blue crabs and vegetables. We ate them the same day that we harvested them. I was fortunate to harvest these along with my son and a dear friend who has crab traps strung along his dock on Dog River. Most folks boil them, which is delicious, but I wanted to try something new. Instead of boiling them, we fire grilled them on my outdoor fire pit. There I stood over the invitingly hot fire managing the precious bounty from the river. My wife Paige came walking out to the fire and I said these words. One day, you know, it would be fun to have a boat that would offer the opportunity to possibly put out some crab traps of our own and potentially harvest crabs just like these to enjoy the food from the wild right here from the place that we live. Oh, the butter and the beer boiled in the cavity of the crab cooking the meat and the aroma was utterly mouth-watering. The cooking was now done, and I brought them in. We sat down to feast on the provisions from the waters near our home. You know, eating food like this always, it really makes me feel more connected to the place that I live. For there is abundant water to explore, and food there just for the taking, if you're willing to do a little work. Now, no sooner than the first crack of the opening of the legs that held that succulent crab meat, a knock came at my door. I thought it was a bit late for someone to be calling. I had no idea what was about to unfold. Our door has a half-moon window at the very top, and I'm just tall enough to see exactly who was out there when I walk up. As I walked up to the door, there stood a good friend of mine from church. What a surprise. What in the world is he doing here? As I opened the door, there stood in my yard a mass of folks. Mostly men from my church, friends of mine that I have had the pleasure of sharing life with and serving over many years. My friend, Keenan, stood at the door and commenced to tell me that he and this group of guys, along with many others that couldn't be here tonight, had all gone in together to surprise me. 
In my yard behind Keenan's truck sat a boat, a 17-foot skinny water skiff with a poling platform above the motor in the rear with a white deck, a yellow hull, and a center console. We're giving you this boat, he told me. As I write this months and months later, I don't think it's truly sunk in yet. I was speechless, overwhelmed, utterly stunned. I thought, this doesn't happen to me. This was something from a TV show. Was I being punked? I looked around. No, these men and these families wanted to express their love and appreciation for me over the years of pastoring them. It felt so undeserved. I continued to feel so unworthy of such a lavish gift. But they decided that I did deserve it, and they gave it to me. In my vocation, that rarely feels like you accomplish much. This boat will serve as a marker, a marker of remembrance and encouragement. I'll likely I would likely have never made a purchase like this for myself, certainly not until my kids were grown and I was much older. I think I said this out loud, and the group echoed with a resounding, We know! The feeling of love and appreciation from these men is certainly one I will never, ever forget. I may not remember when I got my first bike, but the moment this boat was giving to me will be etched in my mind forever. Receiving a gift like this is its a really interesting feeling. As a man in our culture, you have sort of this desire to be self-sufficient, that do-it-yourself mentality. We want to do it on our own. We want to be the provider. We want to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and get it done. So I had this mix of gratitude and a little bit of, I wish I could have done this for myself. But that stubborn, prideful feeling was overtaken by the love that I felt for these men I serve and their desire to show their appreciation by giving me this boat. Although it feels very trivial correlating this boat as I have continued to reflect on this experience, I thought about the early church. I thought about how the book of Acts said they had all things in common. The gift of this boat was nothing short of incredible. It opened the door to a ton of things that I didn't know. Honestly, it's the story of my life. I continually discover just how much I don't know. I had never driven a boat. I knew very little about boating in general. What lay before me was certainly uncharted waters. But isn't that exciting? There's nothing familiar or mundane about new boat ownership. You got to take this driver's test to add to your driver's license, a vessel, register. You got to register your boat. Didn't know that. Uh, you you got to put numbers on the bow, looks like your car tag. All of these were foreign experiences to me. 
Preparing to take the test to be licensed to drive a boat made me feel more connected to Mobile. Mobile is so unique as a bay city where five rivers converge at the northern part of Mobile Bay. Founded in 1702 in the original capital of Louisiana, Mobile has a rich history of boating and exploration. It is such a beautiful place, and owning a boat has now connected me to it like nothing could have before. So much I learned about things that I had seen all this time driving here and around the water on the Gulf Coast. Stuff like why certain signs are shaped certain ways and why they're red or why they're green. Other things like what boat has the right of way and what are the basic rules of the waterway. Then there are all the warnings from people. All the problems you'll have as a boat owner. The wonderful cliches, you know them, break out another thousand, or the best day of your life is the day you get a boat. The second best day of your life is when you get rid of it. You know, for a long time, I thought it is better to know someone with a boat rather than owning one yourself. But the more I have gotten into fly fishing, and the more familiar I am with the place that I live, my view has certainly changed. I have enjoyed tinkering and learning about the boat, fixing things on the boat, adding things to the boat. I feel like I have the patience to enjoy being a boat owner. I suppose we will find out now that I am a boat owner. There was a list of things I needed to accomplish before the skiff hit the water and went for its maiden voyage. After learning a lot through registering the boat, taking the boater's license course, and working on the skiff itself to get it seaworthy, it was time to take it out. A couple of guys who were ringleaders of this group of men that paid me this kindness joined me to launch the boat for the very first and maiden voyage. All hooked up to my old Jeep Wrangler, I headed to the boat launch to meet them. I was still in disbelief when I looked in the rearview mirror and saw there was a skiff behind me. Joyfully, I drove to the launch and backed it in, and behold, it floats. We all got in and were excited to head out, and I turned the motor over and it wouldn't start. The battery was dead. And it had a little bit of an idling issue. Not to be denied, we pulled it out of the water and back onto the trailer. Hooked up some jumper cables to one of the vehicles and stood there while the battery charged. After a short time, we were good to go. and Backed it in and fired right up and we were off. I can hear all the naysayers out there right now. Yep, that's owning a boat. However, I have made my mind up to have a different perspective. To not let it steal my enjoyment. Even though, if I'm honest, it did steal a little bit of the magic from the moment of its first launch. However, we idled out of the no-wake zone and opened it up to full throttle and onto a plane, which was magnificent. We headed southwest into the marsh toward the gulf passing massive patches of grass and miles of water filled with possibility. 
Crab traps dotted the water. Occasional duck blinds hid off in the distance, and the magic quickly returned from a gorgeous day on the water as we raced across the bay. Making our way to one of the spots we wanted to try that day, we slowed down and shut the motor off. The serene sound of the marsh filled my ears, and the peacefulness washed over me like a cool breeze just before a summer rain. My pal Blake, who is familiar with this area and this type of boat, hopped up onto the polling platform and polled us around to see if we could find some redfish. We worked all day and caught nothing until the last cast, or so I thought. There's always one more cast. As I fished along the edge of the grass line, I slowly stripped in a little crab, sort of shrimp-looking fly that was the pinkish-tan color of some flash and some tungsten eyes to help it sink. As that fly bounced across the bottom and the silt rose up, a flounder appeared to feast on what he thought was an afternoon snack. Hook set, and he was on, and the first fish to be brought into my boat was a flounder on the fly. We got the skunk off of us and netted this fish on the first voyage. It was not a banner day, but we caught something. It's probably for the best. I'm not sure you want to come out here with your first boat, have no problems with the boat, catch a pile of fish on your first trip in the new boat. I'm not superstitious at all, but if I'm honest, in the words of Michael Scott, I'm a little stitious. Overall, we made a remarkable memory going out together and sharing the story. We shared in a story in community with each other. And though I understand the anthropological and theological explanation as to the importance of community and how it works, it still feels magical when you're surrounded by dear friends sharing in an adventure. Casting your leg over the top tube of a bike and pushing off balancing on two wheels seems so removed from everyday normal life. It's abnormal and extraordinary. Most folks will tell you when they ride a bike, it makes you feel like a kid again. Floating down a river in a drift boat or even tubing on an open river is relaxing but yet exciting. You step into a raft or sit down into a tube and push off to be carried downstream and the river winds through the land where there is no telling what's around the next bend. It makes me think of the boats gifted to the remainder of the fellowship in Lord of the Rings when they were in Lothlorien. The boats that gracefully bore them down the great river Silverload towards Anduin. The elf-made boats Caliborn instructed them, They will not sink. Laid them as you will, but they are wayward if mishandled. Although this is fantasy and otherworldly, the feeling in my heart is magical when you step into a raft in open water. However, owning my own boat brings the worlds of bikes and boats together, where I'm not just adrift, but with a tank full of fuel, 
I can explore my home waters, or I can trailer it to new waters to see what I can find. All of the metaphors of scriptures and stories concerning boats suddenly come alive. With the wind in my beard, the spray of salt water on my face, and the anticipation of adventure on the sea. Even more profound than that feeling of this boat being given to me, as great as it is, pales in comparison to the gift of the saving grace of Christ, a grace that feels like magic, and maybe it is. Maybe it's a deeper magic, like that which Aslan cites in Lewis's Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe. But certainly we know that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And what greater gift from the Father have we received than his only Son? Having this grace in my life, a great adventure awaits with many waters to explore, squalls to endure, fish to catch, stories to write, and an eternity to do it. Perhaps you will join me one day and we can share in an adventure together. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to today's episode. We're so grateful for each of you that have taken part in and uh, join in this community and this conversation that we have on the Storied Outdoors. We cannot thank you enough for the encouragement that you have uh, given us uh, to continue on creating and telling, sharing stories. If you want to help us out, you want to help out the podcast, uh, leave us a written review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify. Those are probably one of the best ways that you can uh, you can help out uh, what we're doing here on the Storied Outdoors. Um, the other great way to help out is just to share these stories with your friends, to, uh, to copy the link and text out a buddy and say, hey, I think you might enjoy this podcast. That's incredible. Those are huge blessings to us, and we're grateful for those of you that, that do that. Uh, also, for more content, for photos uh, from this essay and other stories and interviews, uh, you can go to thestoriedoutdoors.com, and there's more information. There's also a newsletter option there, which we won't bombard you with emails. We don't have time to write a bunch of emails. Uh, we have full-time jobs, and uh, but we will occasionally send out a newsletter uh, with some heads up about perhaps... Uh, new opportunities maybe if there's some new merchandise um, i think we still have a few hats left so if you want one of those you might want to get in on that before they're gone um, but you'll get heads up about you know who's on the new season coming up in the fall what's happening in the summer and events that we might put on um, in the future so if you want to be a part of that join our newsletter swing by our website if you love youtube uh, go check out our YouTube channel. You can uh, you can just search the Story to Outdoors on YouTube, and you'll probably find us. And lots of our interviews are, are there on YouTube as well. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope these stories encourage you. We hope they encourage you to write your own stories, to share your own adventures in the place that we love to call the Storied Outdoors.